Holy giant mutated salamanders, Batman. Come with us this week as we look at a made-for-TV Godzilla light film that left the public consciousness as soon as it entered it, released the same night that TriStar's Godzilla came out. Will this movie delight those not able to get out to the movie theaters or wallow in reruns at 2 a.m. on the Sci-Fi Channel? Find out alongside us. This is Kaiju versus History Gargantua. Welcome back to Kaiju vs. History. This is literally the cutest animatronic baby kaiju to ever exist, Miles, ya boy. And joining me is a Baldwin actor, but not any of the ones you would think that would be in this movie, Patrick. Patrick, <laughs> how are you doing this week? It's it's the uh, the Kirkland brand Baldwin. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially since his... his um, his stock has aged like sour milk. <laughs> yeah, he has not not done as well as even a Billy Baldwin. I'm I'm doing very well, doing okay. Although we are in <laughs> we're in a stretch, and I blame Godzilla 1998. We're in a yeah. stretch of some <laughs> bad movies here, Miles. Well, and it, and it's prepare. funny because Adam Baldwin's not the only recognizable name in this movie. No, no. Um, we'll we, and we have a, a much bigger star, Speed Racer himself, Emil Hirsch. Emil Hirsch, yeah, he's getting getting a a lot of uh, attention these days, especially too, which is kind of funny. I don't I don't know why or for or for what exactly. What, but what did he do? Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, he pops up and stuff, and I, I like. I him think as he's an actor. getting a lot of work. Yeah, I've just seen his name bandied about a good deal recently. I, I think he finally kind of um, not finally, but I I think <laughs> whatever whatever was going on in his personal life during the mid 2010s might have finally kind of died down. I'm not sure he had some, he had some problems and mm. I'm hoping he learned from them. Um, we we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Did he have gargantuan problems? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, we, we are talking. He, he was this. charged with aggravated assault <laughs> for a Paramount Pictures executive. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had some problems. <laughs> He did what all actors want to do is take it to the execs. Um, we're watching Gargantua this week, the 1998 made for TV, specifically for TV, American giant monster flick or creature feature. Uh, as we said, Adam Baldwin are in this, Emil Hirsch, but also Julie Carmen. Uh, it was directed by Bradford May and written by Ronald Parker. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it is a movie that technically came out and has a kaiju in it. Miles has uh, several kaiju. I mean, yeah, I guess I guess it has a kaiju. I mean, someone certainly kind of figured out what was going on with the the big G flick um, <laughs> in in Hollywood because I mean there there are certainly some the DNA of, of similar ideas happening mm -hmm. here, um, which is so funny because I remember like at the time and we'll you know obviously bring this up in the we'll brought this up in the Godzilla episode, but I. I remember it being such a secretive thing. I don't think anyone saw the monster in Godzilla until the theaters, if I'm not mistaken. There may have been some toys or something, but I think for the most part, I don't think they, I knew what Godzilla looked like until I went to the movies. Yeah, and for the original Gojira, they had some newspaper articles and they, they had some some photos of 
the the film in progress. There there was a very large hype train for for mm-hmm. the original Gojira film. No, there there, there absolutely was. Oh, I'm talking about for the '98 Godzilla movie. Oh, um, for '98 Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it was really just those toys. If you wanted was, to see the monster, you had to go see the movie. Yeah, because I think you saw like the foot in certain things. Mm-hmm. And I think about two weeks after the maybe three weeks after the movie came out, then the real ad campaign started where you had the Taco Bell tie in. <laughs> no, those, those were leaked pretty, pretty early. Like were, we said, were they? Yeah, well, I don't I don't remember. I mean, I remember the commercials. I just don't remember seeing them before opening night. <laughs> Should remember we talked about that last week in our Godzilla episode. We can't talk anymore about Godzilla. Yeah, we, uh, we well, well, the full discourse is out of order. So wait, we haven't talked about this yet. So whatever. <laughs> um uh, but no, I I just so I I can see like what I can see someone ha- having gotten a whiff of the script, maybe it's being passed around or whatever, and you know did did what all great schlock creators do with like, hey let's make a cheap version of this and yeah. pop it out as quick as possible, made for TV version, and I mean it's not cheap as possible at this point it was like the most expensive television movie I think. Uh, created really? for American TV. Yeah, it, the, the the budget is supposedly eight million dollars for for this film. <laughs> right? Yeah, which is you know kind of a lot for a, a lot a of lot. kaiju I, movies. I, I do not remember this movie coming out at all. <laughs> oh, I, I I don't think I had any idea. I I mean, I was what fourteen at the time, maybe fifteen. We were yeah, we were fourteen when or yeah, the thirteen fourteen area. Um. Yeah, no, I was, I was fourteen. Um, yeah, I I don't really remember it. It did come out though the exact same day as Godzilla, our our our, f- yeah, our friend so it, Gargantua. It was May nineteenth, so I would have been thirteen. Well, you both would have been thirteen because it was before my fourteenth birthday. You're right. You're probably right. So yeah, teenage kaiju fans. I, I definitely was looking forward to a Godzilla, and probably went. I think I saw it in the theater. Um, probably oh, went I, that that I weekend. I, 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 but you know I what's funny? Yeah. I remember seeing the VHS of Gargantua at Hollywood Video. You know, I didn't put that. I meant to put that in our notes, but the VHS box is very interesting. It makes it look like a lot darker because it's like a black kind of background the box. The tagline says terror has a new name. Yeah, it makes like, it seem a lot uh, darker film and not like this island adventure, you know? Yeah, I, I, we're getting we're getting lost in the weeds. I, I, I've already lost control of the show. Patrick, before we continue talking about Gargantua, tell us what, if anything, is in a title. Well, the title is Gargantua yep. with a movie called Gargantua. You would think they would call him that maybe in the the movie, but I don't think they do. Do they use the word Gargantua in the film? I don't think so. Might have fallen asleep if they did at that one part. Yeah, they they call it like the creature, the monster, that kind of thing a few times. Yeah. Um, I You know, and Emil Hirsch, what's his character's name? Brandon. Um, such a 90s name. Yeah. So, so, I mean, such a typical, let's call the white kid Brandon. Um. Oh, uh, where are they? They're Maui, Malau. Yeah, you know Malau, I, Malau. The the island of Malau, which I don't know if is like its own actual nation, because I think it's like a part of an an island chain. I was I was looking this up. <laughs> Old Malau Islands, yeah, are part of the Solomon Islands. So I think mm. this is kind of like fictionalized because there kind is of like a, a Philippines kind of 
I, I got the vibe that was supposed to be kind of like the Philippines or something. Yeah, because there is uh, uh, um, Manny Moki is the presidente on the island. He's, he also owns the <laughs> the diner on the island, which is kind of fun. Oh, that's right. No, um, <laughs> Emil Hirsch calls the the baby Casey. Right. Yes. But yeah, Gargantua is the name of the film, if not the monsters. It did, you know, make me think about the 1970s U.S. release of War of the Gargantuas, which obviously was not the the Japanese title, but Gargantuas, I guess, is like in the U.S. (laughs) Kaiju release consciousness somewhere. I don't know if it's supposed to be an homage to that or that's just like a good sounding kind of monster name. But that's that's where we have it. It had a lot of subtitles and alternate titles in it. Believe it or not, it did get released in other countries. So probably was translated into French for La Creature de Profondeurs, the creature from the deep uh, monster from the depths in Germany and Gargantua Island of Mysteries in Hungary. Mexico just called this Gargantua El Hijo de Godzilla, the son of Godzilla. <laughs> Bold. <laughs> yeah, which is well, it's one of those things and we've talked about, it, like Godzilla might just be like the generic term for, for kaiju. I don't know if they're trying to. I mean, I, I could I could absolutely see that. Kind of, I mean, it's become a joke of calling vampires Draculas in a lot of uh, well, comics and, like, and stuff. And Frankenstein uh, monsters and yeah. German kaiju. That's just like so. I, I could I could totally see that. <sighs> and then the only other other weird one was Spain. The video, I guess the VHS release called it Gragoon, <laughs> oh. which is a cool name too. Gragoon. Yeah, it, it, it's it's fine. What what's interesting to me um, about this is this this comes out you know uh, about a, a year after the release of the novel um, by Steve Alton Meg which has uh-huh. now been turned into a movie, but the plot of that novel and the plot, the basic ideas in this mm-hmm. movie are very similar. And I know well, at the time, cause I, I read that book when it came out when I was a kid um, that they were, that they were shopping that thing hard, like at release and even beforehand to get that thing made. So I, yeah, it's crazy. I, it took 20 years. <laughs> I know. Um, hey man, it, it, it it was waiting for Jason Statham. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jason I, Statham I, was like 20, I guess, when it came out. Yeah, probably. He's, he's a little. It still would have been awesome then. He's a but, little but, whippersnapper but, then. But it does have that kind of. I mean, they don't use the Marianas Trench, but they use a trench right. um, and a similar idea that these creatures have possibly evolved at, from and just kind of got out. Like, yeah, yeah, and, and and mutated because of chemicals like prolonged exposure to pesticides so it is a man-made kind of accident mm-hmm. very similar to godzilla's origin obviously i do like we get the obligatory shot of the barrels with the the um the the typical toxic sign to. on you them glowing to, yeah. green and i'm like okay we we are the one that did this dad yeah but like <laughs> dad is, like, it's me and me the other wildlife are being effective because if this thing's out in the open it should be a real problem that, well that's you're saving that for the sequel miles that's when oh, other oh, things get mutated and yes <laughs> stop burying your pesticides in the ocean and you won't have as many guys you yeah uh, um th- this movie centers around Jack and Brandon Elway, a father and son who are studying studying the ocean or studying marine life in, they're, in they're, on no, the islands. Uh, they are, yeah, they're they're studying the effect of the earthquakes are having on the marine biolife and the migration of 
marine wildlife. Right. Oh, uh, wildlife, I think. Because there's there's someone there that's studying the the friendly old professor in this one is studying the earthquakes themselves, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, um and and Jack Elway, what the what a name for a a big giant genre adventure protagonist. It sounds like <laughs> the name you know, is Jack Elway, scientist like, adventure. Out of a Clive Cussler book or something, you know. Yeah, that very much does. Very much does. They're joined the 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 local doctors played by Julie Carmen. She plays Allison Hart. And yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of unexpected deaths as like <laughs> beach parties are are thrown into chaos on on this <laughs> island. And we get some just very cliche kind of jaws like attack sequences i think we get some oh even even, there's even some like from the musical moments that are like ripping off yeah and yeah they the the son finds a young baby kaiju which it was very cute it was very cute Mm -hmm. animatronic they made and but yeah a larger one was on the beaches kind of tearing people up not really eating them just like killing them i guess biting them to death Mm -hmm. i don't know why it wasn't like feeding on them it just seems like if you're gonna go yeah, they, they they had a tough Draws. time really doubling down. What does this thing eat? Because <laughs> it wasn't yeah. eating anything that anyone gave it. <laughs> There's very little that I can find online about the the making of this movie, Miles. We do know that it shot in Australia on the gold in Gold Coast, Australia. Gold Coast is a city, I believe, and um, that's why we have some Aussie actors, some you know maybe other kind of like islanders pacific islanders there so it has that authentic feel to it at the very least uh this is a city that will host similar kaiju shoots for some of the legendary monster films skull island and godzilla versus kong both had shots done there Uh, some other kaiju movies too It's, it's fairly popular and i guess those are just the beach sequences i'm not really certain because i think some other parts were filmed back in the states stateside uh right yeah so, this this is a movie I, that exists miles we have to yeah, talk about no, it th- there, there's some there's some funny stuff so i mean the backstory on elway and brandon is that elway's wife and brandon's mother passed away a year prior and so jack has thought oh the best way to help him you know move on is to take him on adventures with with me yeah, and there's so adventures i'm like up, up uproot yeah. this child from any other familiarity <laughs> yeah. this child, who's clearly not over his mom they even he even bitches about how he like doesn't talk about their you know their lost loved one mm-hmm. and constantly takes him places and this is how checked out adam baldwin's character is they're sitting down at lunch or breakfast or dinner i can't remember which one because it happens several times and the first earthquake with our main characters happens. And Adam Adam Baldwin just says, because Brand's about to do the right thing, which is to get out from under a covered area. Mm-hmm. And um, Adam Baldwin steadies, steadies his son and says, just stay still. We're okay. And I'm like, that is <laughs> not what to do under something that looks like you could blow on it and it would fall down <laughs> during an earthquake. And it's a normal thing. First of all, it's not his profession. He's not that kind of scientist with this, which this movie constantly forgets. He is a marine biologist, and I'm sure he has taken classes or studied about 
you know, seismic activity at some point in his career. But first of all, earthquakes like that are never normal things for humans just to sit down in. And and I, that, that entire scene drove me wild. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about uh, we're skipping a little bit ahead, but that is the part of the movie that probably worked the least for me was their connection. I believe the earthquakes. Well, no, no, no. The, the father son connection between these. Two. Oh, I, no. The, the, I mean, Baldwin I, and Hirsch had no chemistry, and I couldn't tell if it's because the actors didn't have chemistry together or just it was really poorly written because both it, things are true. I mean, it didn't. I don't know if they wanted to make it feel like they were estranged, but he didn't. But I didn't believe him as a dad. I well, I believed him as Hirsch like an uncle. Stares at him the entire know, movie. <laughs> is a very avuncular relationship, and yeah, it just seemed like something that Adam Baldwin at this point had been a father three times already. I think he had like his last kid a couple years before this movie came out. Well, so you think he based would have? On what I know about Adam Baldwin, this tracks. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's. <laughs> He's take care of the three kids, honey. I'm I'm going to uh, Queensland, Australia to shoot a terrible kaiju movie. Emil Hirsch was great, though. You see mm-hmm. a lot of the potential that he would exhibit as as an actor later in his career here as a kid. You know, when he's working with a animatronic. Kaiju oh, it's great. And, you know, doing a pretty good job. I think he's doing as good of a job as, you know, yeah. A what's his name from E.T. <laughs> Elliot. Yeah, yeah. The, the actor that played Elliot, his name escapes me, but he's he's a great actor now, and I feel the same way about Emil Hirsch in this movie. N- not too many other actors of note in in the movie. They don't give a lot to 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 many others, but it is like a small island of people that are you know their lives are kind of thrown up in. Uh, chaos and into chaos because of the the kaiju and yeah um I, I guess we could talk a little bit about the director bradford may who miles you know as cinematographer for a, a little film called monster squad i can't be responsible for everything these people do <laughs> you're a fan of that one uh, uh but yeah, yeah. It's one of my favorite movies of all time he eventually he, he almost also, all of his career is like tv centric he he did an episode of the short-lived Tremor TV series, so there's a little kaiju connection, but mm-hmm. the only thing uh, yeah. I had seen of his was <laughs> Dark Man. Cinematographer, one of my favorite jokes of all time. <laughs> he's, he's, he did the Dark Man sequels, so he did two but, So I wanted, I wanted to bring that up, because mm-hmm. you know how everyone basically says, whatever to Electric Boogaloo? Well, I was a big <laughs> Dark Man fan growing up, and yeah. I remember renting um, Dark Man 2, The Return of Durant, as if anyone would care who Durant is. Yeah, <laughs> um, like it's not a big name like the Joker. Ooh, or, you know, Remember him um, from the first so, movie? Like, ever since I was um, like 12, I have always that's been my personal electric boogaloo joke. And and it wasn't until maybe when I was working at GameStop in like 2005, where I just I jokingly said that to myself and my coworker perked up with me. That dark man reference. <laughs> and that's how I knew he would get along because. It's, it, it, it's such a it's such a it's such a deep cut. Um, yes, I, uh, I think he also directed the Return of Durant as well. Yeah, yeah, he oh he directed two and three. I'm pretty sure. I I remember oh, Die Dark Man Die is I on his his watch as well. Both of those movies when I was a kid once, and then just only revisiting the yeah, original Dark Man. I think the Mummy because... was Dark Man in at least the second one. I think it's Andro Vaslu. The 
mummy oh yes 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 so they they change actors and directors because obviously neither of them are coming back to this but i i, I apparently love sam raimi as a kid because I, I watched the the first dark man a great deal i, I uh, did too i haven't seen it in a while uh I, this is a personal aside <laughs> <laughs> well I, as long as i haven't seen dark man i've definitely not seen those those two sequels but now i kind of want to because I mean, this is a made-for-TV movie. I'm not expecting high cinema, but there's some very, very television static shots in in this film. And with a budget of supposedly $8 million, I thought it would be a little more dynamic. Yeah, I, so I don't I definitely don't blame this movie on the director. I do think I agree with you. I think there's some great shots Um, makes the most with what he has. Um. Most of my problems come from the script and honestly, the uninspired design of Gargantua or the, the major creature itself. Yeah, we could we could talk about the design. Um, we talked a little bit about the baby. Baby's very cute. Baby's uh, very cute. Baby, baby works. It's supposed to be a salamander, a Ish. mutated salamander, and it doesn't look like one. <laughs> it looks no closer it to um gosh like a, a chameleon because it's got like uh almost like rhinoceros like horns like forward pointing horns like some chameleons do and lots of lots of little head spikes and i mean it i it, i could see this as a mutated dinosaur you know <laughs> uh it, it has some some elements that made me think of gappa the trifibian monster uh but the double horns looked, you know, both kind yeah, of I mean, realistic they're, and they're fine. It just it looks like a mutated, you know, pet lizard, you know? Yeah, the, the rest of the body, it look it's very smooth. There's not a lot going on elsewhere on on its on its body. But yeah, it did. Um, what's the other movie? This movie reminds me of uh Gorgo. It's kind of Gorgo-esque <laughs> in that way. A, li- you know? a little bit. Um, I think one of the biggest things, I mean, the um, the Americans, as if I'm not American, but the West, again, it wasn't really till probably post-98 Godzilla, sometime between the Millennium Era and what we have now, where people really keyed into what makes these movies tick for viewers and what made them tick for viewers in the East. And because they're still giving us kind of what the the American 50s movies did. Where like, here's a giant creature that's based off of a regular creature. Isn't that what you want? And it's no. <laughs> we want a creature with personality. We want a, a creature that's got a cool design. That doesn't necessarily have to be just a giant thing. It doesn't have to be. like. And that's what I liked about the design in Deep Rising was like it was this kind of cool Kraken thing. It was different. It was um you know a little cthulhu-esque and it just had some neat stuff going on with it or even the monster from the relic mm-hmm. had it been kaiju sized and it, for whatever reason we th- we always go back to these kind of standard designs for our giant creatures as if a giant dinosaur is going to be enough to qualify it as just oh here, here you guys like the the name kaiju creatures here, here's one here's gargantua. it's called gargantua enjoy <laughs> um I, I i do love that this does have a novelization on, yes. on on tour books and i am very tempted just because <laughs> yeah it's pretty pretty cool cover is written by k robert, robert andressi who i looked up you know for this and had done a lot of 
film adaptation books. It looks like he kind of had a little side career as that, but also wrote some, I think, Star Trek and yeah. Star Wars books. Honestly, did, uh, mostly, mostly did. You're right. A lot of tie in sort of books, um, some Buffy, a lot of Star Trek, um, some Stargate, uh-huh. Farscape. Um, so definitely one, one of those guys, I mean, would have had probably a, a job I would have loved to have in the 90s, just being like a IP tie-in book person, because that sounds like fun. And I used to read these books all the time. I yeah. all, I read a ton of tie-in books in, in my youth. Go to the bookstore, and then like at the, the back of the science fiction Sci-fi section, section mm-hmm. they would well, have After a, the Star Trek and Star Wars sections, because they had their own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they would, there would be like a, a section that was all kind of tie-in books and that's where i found the first alien novels not mm-hmm. novelizations but you know like original novels like alien versus those. predator hunter's planet and alien versus predator war by uh, sd perry i read i read those like yeah. they were going out of style very very fun books but yeah i, I could i could imagine seeing this i mean i don't know if th- this was released anywhere near the 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 movie's release, but maybe in gas stations or <laughs> like even a um, I'm very curious, like a pharmacy, this... like spinner rack, <laughs> the paperback version of of this. But uh, yeah, they the, even in the book cover, they try to make this monster look a lot cooler than, <laughs> than it does in the movie. Am I wrong? It, it just never looks this crazy. No, I, I, I the, think gi- part... the giant monster, honestly, and honestly, even the nine footer just looks kind of like the a bad raptor from Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, I mentioned Gorgo, and this has a very similar Gorgo-like plot because they're like, oh, we got the monster, and then just get, uh, bigger bigger monsters keep showing up. But uh, yeah, this also- But the biggest monster is greed. <laughs> the, the film, I think, most resembles this, though, is the Bermuda Depths because it has a similar kind of setting, similar characters kind of there's you know a marine biologist kind of character and you know someone that's in it for the money and and carl weathers but very different you know monster lore in in both those films but yeah this does also feel like a kaiju jaws you know because like we can't close the island off the 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 economy would hurt too much if we stopped local fishing (laughs) but yeah that's i mean I don't know. It, it's just it, when you're treating a kaiju as not an existential threat, but rather like a downturn in tourism, <laughs> it, it it kind of takes well, some of the yeah, out of it, hey, a bunch of people died. <laughs> you know, maybe there there is a weird coldness that these there's a sensationalism with these American kaiju flicks that come out in the late 90s um, that and, and Godzilla certainly suffers from this as, as well. Where the the attention's not really placed on the right things it's part of the story but for what either the writers or the characters and since they're folks so folks on the characters don't seem to connect the dots um and, and it certainly happens this in this movie happens in godzilla 98 pretty badly um and i don't i don't know if it's just that maybe the american writers or and or directors are just trying to emulate the movies that are doing well on on you know Saturday afternoons, or if they just truly just don't understand what they're writing. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm wondering if I would have liked this movie a little bit more if we had a you were 13 a, a better copy of it. Yeah, or or you know watching it on a 
a standard definition I, television if if that would have blended some of the 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 film stock to make it a little more presentable i i feel like i was starting to enter my phase where i was like being a little more critical when movies came out because i was mm-hmm. hanging out with some older kids who were super into film and so i kind of like trying to like toughen up you know <laughs> and so i feel like i would have but I, I mean i certainly enjoyed my share of schlock i was a, still an avid renter of full moon pictures um <laughs> e- it's even the, especially in the late 90s um so this is too high budget for a full moon picture uh, yeah so. but at least full moon has some soul and this don't um like i I'll, i will put i'll put my favorite full moon movies against this any day and they will have one eighth of the budget um mm. but yeah I, I don't i don't think i would have even liked this when i was 13 yeah, yeah, there's, you know, and it's so funny because there's bits of even Jurassic Park in here as well. Mm-hmm. And Jurassic Park 2, because I don't know, there's like a, there's a, a lot of night scenes. I remember that Jurassic Park 2 felt like it took place almost entirely at night. But I think Jurassic Park 2 came out in a similar, when did Jurassic, was that 98, 96? The Lost World? I want to say it was 96. 97 was Jurassic Park 2. So that ah, came out a year before. So maybe we were both we were both off by a year. Maybe. Yeah, that that had an influence here. Um, yeah, it, a, a reviewer, John Carmen of the, you know, when this movie came out, says that Fox says it spent eight million on Gargantua and in its publicity material calls it the biggest and most ambitious original television television movie ever made for Fox, at least. No doubt about it. It's probably the most ambitious TV movie ever made for anyone. The rest of the time, whenever they talk about ambition, they'll be talking about Gargantua. That is very, <laughs> you know, that's I, a, a I, lot I of feel the sarcasm dripping off of that review. <laughs> y- yeah, yeah. It, it just seems like they 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 tried to make a, a big movie, but it's 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 so funny that they tried to pit this against Godzilla 1998 you know it just scale wise it's so so small I mean mean, after knowing so like having read seen and watched so much stuff about the way studios work I'm not surprised this happened I mean the the fact that the asylum is still in business like shows that there is certainly always an audience audience for the mockbuster and which some of them are fun but there, there is a weird too- cynicism about these movies that mm-hmm. sometimes rub me the wrong way, and th- this, this, this is a cash grab, and not in a delightful way. This, this movie <laughs> just has no soul. It's, I mean, got actors who would go on to do bigger and better things. No matter how I feel about Adam Ball, when he was still involved in things I really loved growing up, mm-hmm. um, so you know. There was something that they when they, the casting directors clearly saw something, and then obviously Emil Hirsch would do the same. Um, so I don't think it's, I don't think this movie is certainly not the cast's fault. I don't I don't think it's the director's fault. I think it purely lies on the ho hum script and the uninspired designs of the creatures. Yeah, I mean they're fairly basic, but I still think if a lot of that eight million dollars went to the animatronics, they had some. Interesting, sure. interesting monster movements. It's just they weren't they, able to they, do they, much with. Yeah, them, they certainly so. made an effort. Did you have a favorite oh. scene in this movie? Is there a such thing as a favorite scene in this movie? I mean, Emil Hirsch feeding cheese balls to literally the, the exact baby. same scene. I, I, I was going to. 
I can't think of another one that is at all interesting. <laughs> it, it I, I be... agree a hundred percent. This oh, baby, so you like junk food. <laughs> this this baby monster is very cute. This film has a, a whopping nineteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes from audiences. Not a lot better on IMDb with a two point seven out of ten stars. But Letterbox, which is five stars, mind you, Miles, five star <laughs> has a. It has 2.7 stars on, on Letterbox out of five. That is which way is, too close to three. <laughs> it's almost six. Yeah, it's 3%, which is huge. I don't think I'm going that high because my personal enjoyment for, for this movie is a five. It's, it's, I mean, it's probably, I think, the best television kaiju movie, you know, for something that was probably slapped together to get out before. Well, there's not a lot to compare it to. Well, technically, I don't think this has got the highest enjoyment rating from me <laughs> for for a TV movie. But uh, I still consider Varen a TV movie, and I would much nah. prefer watching Varen. Actually, probably I don't know. Th- this movie does seem like kind of a just an island clone of a of a Godzilla film. But maybe if you hadn't seen Godzilla and someone just described it to you, <laughs> this is what they would make. And yeah, it feels more closely related to Son of Godzilla than anything that happens in the 1998 TriStar film. So if they're trying to like mock bust that movie, doesn't feel like they quite hit home. Yeah, I mean, I, so, I'm right there with you. I gave mm-hmm. the same same score, a five for enjoyment. Like if this is something that was on, it's it's not so bad that you're like, oh, I can't. I'm like, I mean, like if you're especially like two o'clock in the morning, either you're working or you're chemically imbalanced wow however can, you're spending that time at i can tell you yeah from personal experience uh, this movie is great to fall asleep to at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah no if I, if I were like drunk and just watching something this this is perfectly serviceable um but it's it's not something to, to be enjoyed like there there is some baseline okay things where it's like it doesn't veer into the most awful things that we've watched but it's certainly not good um and I mean, and there's funny things because you can tell they're shooting on location, not just because they're on the beach, but because the the president of the island has issued a a ban on going into the water at all. But while two characters are talking after this ban, like the day the day after this ban, you still see people surfing and <laughs> bringing up trucks to the water in the background and stuff who are clearly not extras in this film. They were just in the way and <laughs> accidentally in the funny. movie <laughs> yeah. um but yeah this i i don't care for the creatures i don't care for the like most lazy villain you could possibly have in a movie with the with the new zealand that, boat captain. The, the kaiju hunter <laughs> you've heard of the crocodile hunter why well, aren't kaiju yeah he was terrible um and the, and then so he nearly he, he was fine compared to Adam he Baldwin. Nearly killed He's Brandon. He holds up everyone up by harpoon. Gargantua mm-hmm. destroys his boat, and then they just toss him a little donut later after Gargantua was gone because his boat's gone. As if, oh, here you go, bud, and, and pull him up as the credits are rolling. And I'm like, <laughs> what just happened? I leave him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a murderer. Yeah, there's not that much main character death in this movie. We 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 do get the American military. <laughs> that comes yes, they, they, to the, they are the American military, which it, which it feels I, like I do 10 appreciate. guys. It's it feels it's a very <laughs> oh, a, yeah, no, a it's, it's like six dudes. <laughs> I, I will say I do. The American military aren't just low key. The super 
oh, we got to we got to kill this thing immediately. Like they're actually wanting to get the situation under control. They try they try to help them several times, but they're like, hey, if it's attacking people, we are going to have to hurt it. You know, that's mm-hmm. and I, I just I like seeing that kind of not ambivalence, but certainly that kind of like middle of the road action where it's, hey, we, we want to help you help it, but we're only going to go so far because it starts hurting civilians. We have to retaliate. Which, I mean, that's a typical military response, but it's not the, like, this creature's out there. We have to kill it now. Uh, And I appreciate that. Didn't even talk about uh, Colonel Wayne, uh, played by Bobby Hosea, who also played O.J. Simpson in the Fox made-for-TV O.J. Simpson. (laughs) We had just looked that up. Yeah. Uh, what 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 about the technical aspects of the film, Miles? Where are you? This is rough in? for me um, because I think this script is absolutely terrible. Despite them there being some good shots, it's it's competently directed, but that's just it. Um, there's very little chemistry between the characters, and because of how they're written, it makes that worse. I think the I agree with you that the baby is adorable, well um, well animated, well. Well done all around. It's the best thing in the movie. Yeah. Everything else sucks. We have we haven't talked about CGI gargantua. Just so um and and the CGI doesn't CGI never bothers me, and people will discover this about me. I I can I can handle bad CGI in almost anything, so long as the movie itself is is good. That kind of like when and Patrick knows this about me, that that stuff never bothers me. Mm -hmm. Um that's it. It does hurt when the design itself is uninspired and bad. And so I think it's only really bad for me in these films when they do the mix because you can spend like as much money on a great animatronic and that looks amazing on screen. They the directors know how to light and frame that, you know, actor, yeah, that animatronic mm-hmm. actor. But the the CGI is always just terribly keyed up and they don't know how to 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 work it. And then when you're going back and forth in the scenes of like first it's CGI, then it's the animatronic and then back and back. It, it just it's so noticeable that that's if they had only done bad CGI, which we'll see some <laughs> movies very shortly that only do terrible CGI and not any pseudomation that um that that won't be as jarring as it was here. Oh, what what is your score for? Oh, um, it, it's, it's getting a four. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you with a four. I think that eight million dollars. I mean, they must have been shooting in a very expensive place. Galgameth, by comparison, our our last kind of straight to DVD, you know, TV movie esque kaiju film. Galgameth had a budget of $10 million miles. And that one, I feel at least you can see where they spent all that. It just doesn't feel like that. This movie would cost that much to make, but yeah, maybe Australia costs more. I don't know. Like I said, there's some very, some problems with monster design, the, the, the scripts, even, even directing. So for where, where's four on our scale (laughs) for, uh, for, the technical aspect that is mediocre and uninteresting. Where, where are you on the evocative nature for for the movie? I'm I'm at a five for evocative. It's, it's not good. I, I wouldn't go so far as soulless, but it is not good, not bad, but still a, an evocative kaiju TV movie. Like they 
they knew that they were what they were making wasn't going to be great art. <laughs> well, I know you might not go back, go as far as Solus, but I will because I've already said that once in this podcast. Um, oh, I, I am definitely giving this uh, a four. I I think this is. I mean, even some of the stuff really feels more like your typical kind of pulpy adventure novels that were coming out a lot in in mm-hmm. the nineties, like the Meg, um, and less less kaiju-y. And even even the monster itself, like when it when it does its rampage, doesn't really. I mean. The thing about the island, like it is, there's not a whole lot for it to destroy because there's not a whole lot of landscape. It's there is, a lot of smaller buildings. There is not. <laughs> not a and lot going on so here. It, it just feels very limp in that aspect. Um, the monster itself, mm, I mean, and it's also just it, being evocative for a kaiju film uh, in terms of kaiju cinema. I mean, this is this is a forgotten film and it's forgotten for a reason for me. I, I think this is certainly worth losing. <laughs> in my memory for well, there's, there's um, been a I, couple I mean, it's, of it's, tv it's not, movies that are, are very yeah, similar it, it's, it's, it's not worth remembering but if someone was like oh i, I want to complete you know watching all these 90s kaiju films it's it's by far the worst that i've seen and i certainly wouldn't stop someone from watching it like i would what was that when we watched Zol- zolkar zolkar <laughs> zarkar zarkar whatever it, I, i've already tried to forget it because that movie was so bad Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I think I'd rather watch this than oh, hardcore again. But your my, my score is a, a soft five. Yours is a a a soft four brings our podcast final to a four out of ten for Gargantua. I almost forgot the name of the movie, Miles. That's how, <laughs> see, that's how much see, my brain is trying to see? suppress information, which does mean this is the worst of these kind of made for TV films. Bermuda Depths, we gave a five to Aegon. We gave a five to and we absolutely loved Voyage into Space by comparison, which is just TV episodes cut into a movie. We yeah. gave a, a six to that film. <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah, that's... I, I feel much better about this. I'm, I'm glad that we're on the same page for the most part on, on this one. Yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty well earned. I think I uh, I don't know if I could have gone much higher on on any of these categories than I already did. Where can folks find us if they loved Gargantua Miles and want to tell us why it is actually a great film? Oh, um, you can go to uh, BetterHelp.com. <laughs> no, and... where, what are our <laughs> socials and emails? And so <laughs> you can reach to us at Kaiju versus History at gmail.com or rather Patrick's insights. Somehow don't have access to that email. Um, we need to sit down and get. <laughs> remedy that um, right literally right now i have the password but it goes to your phone for a confirmation <laughs> um you can reach us on twitter at kaiju versus history you can visit our website kaiju versus history.com rate review and comment on our show share with your friends and let us know what you think check out our letterbox account to see all our reviews and watch our list of films patrick what are we doing do I even want to know? What are we doing next week? Oh, it gets worse, Miles. It gets worse. This decade uh, was so strong. It, it it starts very strong, kind of goes out with a whimper, and I blame Godzilla 1998 for this. But uh, yeah, interest in, back interest in Godzilla in the US maybe kicked up some more interest for let's revisit King Kong. But we get a version that is so torturous, Miles, this might make Queen Kong look good by comparison. An impossible task, but we'll see if an animated musical take on Kong 
can get any worse. That that's right. Tune in next time for history versus the mighty Kong. Mighty. <laughs>